Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge, welcome back. If you are a regular listener, my name is Sandy, I am your host uh, here as we journey through um, talking to all these interesting people, finding out how they live their lives, uh, how they keep themselves happy, um, and, and a whole lot more usually. Uh, if you're new, yeah, welcome, thank you for being here, uh, and thank you to all the regular listeners tuning in once more, uh, your support is very much appreciated. As I said, I've changed things a little bit, I am kind of doing these sort of longer intros now, uh, before getting into the episode, just a little catch up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm sorry I've not put out as much content as I'd like to, if I'm honest, I've just been kind of struggling for guests, um, and trying to figure out, not just like messaging people, but who I actually want to talk to, and and looking at, you know, maybe, maybe I'm being influenced too much by the numbers, which my last episode with Taylor, I kind of said, I don't like doing that, but I feel like I am being influenced by the numbers and looking and trying to figure out who, who do people actually like listening to. So if you guys have got any feedback on that, that would be really cool as well. Please do let me know who you guys would want to hear on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I don't want, want to, I never wanted to make it too much about kind of water sports and that kind of thing, but it seems to be that that's the kind of episodes that you guys are most enjoying. Um, but at the same time, there are some random ones which have nothing to do with that, which which a huge amount of people have enjoyed. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to keep going. You guys seem to be enjoying it, so um, uh, I suppose I suppose I must be doing something right. Um, but speaking of water sports, joining me on the podcast today is a man called Tom K. Uh, very, very excited to talk to Tom. I've been wanting to talk to him for quite a while. Uh, Tom K. founded a company, or is, is the founder and CEO, director, all those cool titles, um, of a company called Finisterre. Uh, they're a British clothing brand, uh, kind of in the sort of outdoor surf industry. I'm sure many of you have heard of them. Uh, it's a pre- pretty big brand, uh, based down in Cornwall and, and remain uh, being based down in Cornwall despite being a large brand. They haven't made the move up to London uh, or anything like that. And that's something I talked to Tom about, staying true to your roots um, and, and staying true to his, his original vision. Um, and it's now grown, you know, so big. They've doubled doubled their warehouse size in the last year, um, and it's it's become a, a real big thing. They've got shops all over the UK, um, and they're proud to say, you know, they are a certified B Corp company. They are very sustainable, and that is their mission, uh, is to to create sustainable clothing um, for for those in the kind of surf active lifestyle, I suppose. Uh, but it's all very cool. Uh, we had a great chat about that, about how it works. Uh, you know what it's like running a company like that and then also the big thing alongside that tom is also uh, an rnli um, volunteer uh, down in st agnes which is one of two surf surf stations uh, in the uk i think it's one of two i'll have to remember i'm recording this after the interview so i might have forgotten a bit but tom will tell you the proper number um, but yeah, it was a really interesting chat with Tom. We talked about you know being part of the RNLI, you know trying to run a company, and suddenly you get a call and you've got to go out at sea and, and rescue someone. How he balances that with with work, um, you know how how the RNLI itself runs, how it deals with uh, looking after its own you know volunteers. Talking about I suppose PTSD things like that, you know because uh, some of the rescues can get pretty hairy. Um, you know what it's like dealing with the fear and the adrenaline uh, and the nerves. All of those things get put into a boiling pot in your brain. It can be quite stressful. Uh, so it was great chat to Tom about that. Uh, you can look at it as unfortunately or fortunately, uh, but this podcast isn't very long. It's only around 25 minutes, something like that. So so kind of half the length of my usual episodes. Um, I was very, very thankful to Tom for, for giving me his time. He's a very, very busy man. 
Um, and I really, really enjoyed talking to him. And I hope you guys enjoy listening as well. Uh, once again, I think I say at the end of every episode, but at the beginning as well. If you guys do have any feedback, please do let me know. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Um, and any support is very, very much appreciated. But yeah, on with the episode, guys. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, Tom K. I have been uh, chasing chasing you for quite a quite a while. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked to uh, to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. No, it's so good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. So you're you're down in uh, you're down in, in wavy wavy Cornwall, I guess, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Uh, I'm calling you from St Agnes, where uh, finished their sort of workshop. Uh, main sort of place spaces on the cliff um, above the uh, waves of uh, St Agnes. It's, it's a couple of foot today. It's been big last week. There's more swell around now. There's yeah. more coming next week. Actually, big storm coming. But yeah, so that's where Finister Space is. That's where I live, and that's where I'm calling from today. Um, I mean, you're you're one of those people, and I, I seem as I do more of this podcast, I'm I'm endlessly fascinated by by people that well, from from the outside looking in, seem to be endlessly busy. Um, especially people like yourself that are within a, a surf industry as well, where all of it's centered around doing something that you love and, and taking time out and, and getting in the water. How, how much time do you actually get to go, go surfing yourself these days? You know, um, the company? <laughs> yeah. I, I, by the way, I don't think it's good to be endlessly busy. By the way. Well, I know. Uh, I, 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 no. me, me, me too. Me too. I mean, maybe you can speak, uh, speak so, to that side um, of it as well. Yeah. So I, I you know, it's, it's, there's sort of like a, it seems like the busier people are, the more, you know, the more, the, the better sort of thing, although there's more to say this. So I try not to be, say that or be busy anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm in the water as often as I can be actually, you know, whenever there's um, a wave on or often go for a swim or a body surf, um, but usually like two or three times a week at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's an important thing. That's interesting that you, you said that obviously, you know, you, you started um, this company, Finisterra, and ha- ha- you've been running that, that's quite a few years in now, isn't it? Is it 20, over 20 years now? Uh, not, it's nearly 20 years, yeah, yeah 2003 yeah. it started, so it's, it's knocking on that way, and it's been, you know, it's been a long, been a long time, a long journey, and, um, but we were sort of stuck to, uh, you know, what the brand was started on, which is product, uh, people and environment, you know, back in the day, so, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, been a, hard long but you know worthwhile journey and it still feels like we're, we're getting started every day yeah i guess that's is that would you say that's a bit of a key to it is feeling like you're getting started and what, what i see a lot of is you know like finister is one of those brands i guess that has has a real purpose behind it um is that something that that kind of came from you or something that you kind of found yeah and along the way no no i mean i think you know i've always had this really uh, connection to see myself we're lucky to have had that you know it was kind of brought up with that and that sort of thing so when I started the brand you know 20 years ago it's really about replicating that in a brand and um you know and building product in an innovative and sustainable way as possible to you know to enable that connection I suppose um so it's yeah it's, it's, it's kind of, I suppose you know is there's a personal motivation there that I sort of moved into a brand that's now the business you see before you, you know, 130 people, nine stores. Um, but it is really the sort of, you know, that we believe that if people have a better relationship with the sea, it's better for their own well-being as well as I suppose ultimately the well-being of, of the planet. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I, I've had um, regular listeners. I know I, I've had um, Eastkey Britain on the podcast, who I believe is one of your, you know, kind of ambassadors and, and, and things like that. And, you know, she, I mean, she's a, a far more intelligent human than I am, so she can speak far better to um, to why why we feel better in the in the ocean and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, she's amazing and I really like known her for a long time. And, you know, the, the amount of knowledge she has in this area is just phenomenal. And, um, you know, it goes back for quite a long time. So, yeah, you know, and, and it exists on so many different levels. You know, I'm sure she probably touched on that, you know, physiologically, hormonally, spiritually, um, psychologically, you know, physically, mentally, everything. So it, there, there's many, many levels that it, it, it is um, relevant, relevant on and it's, yeah, there's different levels that's relevant to different people and that's why it's all it's a very personal um experience but it's uh yeah one that you know we're really fortunate to have and uh, appreciate as often as i can every day actually was that did that inform the decision of you guys kind of you know keeping the company down in cornwall and being like right we want to stay amongst the the kind of surf because i guess i mean well, i don't know but i guess there would be a certain pull to like go somewhere a bit more central or you know, I guess, or did you want to really keep that ethos of being by the water kind of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for me, it was always, you know, the, you know, the, your authenticity is something that um, we don't talk about ourselves in here a lot, but it's often referred to anecdotally, you know, when I'm out and about, about the authenticity of Finister. And for me, I suppose that's that is as important in terms of what we make who our people are, our team is, our culture, but also, you know, where we're located. So if you, if you come down here and you're welcome to come in any time, you know, you sort of walk in and it is the sort of place that I hope you'd imagine it be having seen it maybe online or whatever. Uh, you know, there's, there's dogs around, there's boards uh, by the door, there's wetsuits drying, you know, yeah. people are uh, in the water whenever they want to. Uh, and so, you know, it's a great inspiration for, the sort of product we're making, testing the product, or even just you know getting a clear head. So we're super lucky to to be here and uh, you know have have access to the sea uh, on a daily basis. I mean, even we start on a, a Tuesday later, like at ten o'clock, um, and people spend that extra time you know in on and around the sea, and not everyone surfs, but you know they go for a walk with their dog, with their kids on the beach in the morning, or some people swim or you know some people do stuff obviously but it's about reminding itself of the kind of connection that we have as a business as a team as a culture to the sea and the kind of the purpose of what we're here to do so we, we kind of i suppose an answer to the question we said it is really important we are here but we, sort of, we live and breathe as much as possible yeah well i guess that's where that's where that authenticity comes from isn't it of you know keeping uh, it, it you it, you'd feel you'd feel like you're not staying true to your word and i guess like you said it was it, it's kind of been based on your own personal beliefs and that's built been built into the brand you know so if you suddenly yeah. if you suddenly make your way up to london you go oh we're going to be here because we're more central or you know someone like that suddenly people start scratching their heads um, yeah. and you know I, authenticity is something something that you know i found myself kind of talking about quite a lot on the podcast with um you know a few people um and it it's it definitely plays a, a huge part in the way that not not just you know for you guys finished there the way people like shop and and things like that but just the way that people are perceived you know it sounds cliched but there is something to kind of staying true to yourself isn't there you know yeah i think uh, i hope so yeah i mean i think uh, yeah you know lack of ego and just you know, being being who you are as true to yourself is uh, it's probably a good thing in life definitely i mean that's that's something interesting as well obviously you know finisterre has grown massively and, and become a 
become a you know a very successful company and you know very much leading in the in the sustainability conversation things like that i know you just had the the, the blue earth summit um over yeah. this week and, and things like that how and, and maybe this is a slightly personal question but again it's interesting for, for someone in your position how do you how do you keep that ego in in check when you have things like you know the, the company doing really well or i know you're just you've just upsized you know a larger warehouse and things like that is yeah. d- does ego ever come into the conversation for like a, fo- a founder like yourself and, and if so how do you make sure that that beast kind of stays down if you know what i mean um it's probably better you ask some people in the business that or people that know me um <laughs> rather than myself because it's quite an egotistical question to answer actually but um yeah for me i suppose you know we you know we're all on a journey and i'm always um you know to be better business to do better to make better products cause cause less damage or you know all that sort of thing we've always been on a journey and um I'm quite honest, actually, about the, the journey we're on. And like I said, at the start, we, you know, it feels like we're just getting started every day on that journey. So for me, there's always uh, learnings to be done, evolving, you know, you know, leading and pushing ourselves on and harder to be better and, and the rest of it. But I think, um, you know, because we're still learning every single day about what we're doing, what we're making, what's what's better, what's best, you know, what we shouldn't be doing. And, you know, until you know with this kind of idea of being a sort of you know fully circular or fully regenerative as a business and you know we're um you know contributing to some of the problems in terms of you know on the planet and so we stop doing that i think um you know we our work is, is is not it's never done so with that in mind i think that's kind of um i suppose we take that as a point of view which i think we do have um you know it's very it's quite a humbling point of view it's you know there's a bit of humility there at all as well and it's to keep keeps everything in check yeah i suppose yeah you're you're right you're spending all your time kind of looking forward and what can we keep doing rather than thinking oh look how well we've done already you know yeah well, totally i mean you know it's like it's been 20 years of my life and um you know we've still got so much to do you know there's not we're not sort of sitting here going oh, hey we've got it all we nailed it all and we're perfect it's like yeah. it couldn't be further from the truth and i think that kind of that high purpose and that kind of that drive is super important to you know keep getting out of bed in the morning turning up to work and basically you feel like you're affecting change where it needs to be affected and um you know that with that i think that's you know we've always been a low ego place to come and work and yeah. you know they, they, there's not it's all about the the collective power of what a bunch of individuals can do and the change they can deliver so if you if you take that that um that sentiment is bigger than any one person in any team which is uh, myself yeah. included i think that that keeps um that keeps egos in check yeah absolutely yeah that's that's very well said mate. really cool yeah um, I mean, speaking of speaking of a higher purpose and things like that, a, a big reason that I wanted to get you on the podcast and something that I'm I'm really interested to talk to you about is um, you've not only started this company and, and running all that, but you're also you've also been a an RNLI crew member for many years as well. Um, can you tell me a bit about how how that all started and 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 what that's what that's like? Yeah, so I'm on one of the helm of the boat here in Snagness, which is about. 
two meters down the cliff or maybe a bit three meters down the cliff here and um it's um a small d-class you know lifeboat so it's the smallest those smaller smaller one of the smaller ones in the fleet yeah. um but it's um i suppose for me personally it's um something you know being in and around the coastal communities of these waters for a lot of my life i was aware of the iron lie you know growing up and um when i you know moved to a coastal community um you know uh, or lived in a coastal community it was something that i felt i wanted to do because i knew about it it's something that i feel like i could do because i you know physically capable and stuff like that and something that I basically i ought to do because as you know a role as a role that i should play um in the in the community and stuff like that so uh, for all those reasons, I joined up as a crew member. That was also nearly 20 years ago now. Uh, I'm one of the helm. There's um, about now like 20 people on the boat, probably. Uh, and the page goes off and it's on. The page is on like uh, 24-7, you know, all year, every every week, all year, obviously. And then so you could be putting the kids in the bath. You could be um, sitting down some food in a meeting, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Goes off and you run down to the station, you go out and you know... Yeah, even now after that much time on the boat, you still get that, you know, that adrenaline we hit a page you go off. And um, you just don't know what you're going out to. You know, often it's um you, you get stood down, the shout gets stood down because the person is back home or they're not at sea, or someone saw what they thought was a head in the water, there's a lot a lobster pot boy, whatever it was. So there's but then sometimes you go out and it's like it's pretty hairy, you know. So it's weird. So we're, it's a surf station. It's the only one surf stations in the country. I think Buda, it's an that often gets surf. Obviously, any station can get surf, but, you know, there's regularly surf at the beach here. And so you're launching out through, you know, you know six foot plus waves occasionally. And it's, mm. you know, it's quite, it's quite intense. So it's, it really does fill a service. And I think what is super interesting is the, you know, the, the volunteer ethos, I suppose, that the online was founded on. Yeah. Um, you know, 200 years ago um was you know is very much existing in the in the station today and you know you are volunteering obviously you've got much better equipment and boats and gps and all that sort of stuff but you are still ultimately at the heart of it volunteering to go out to sea in a you know potentially life-threatening situation to go and save someone else's life so that is very much in existence and it's um you know i think i think there's like um 2000 sorry 240 odd lifeboat stations around the country maybe 250 and there's I think there's around 5,000 volunteers so on one hand living in a coastal community is something that a lot of people do in many coastal communities around the around the UK which is amazing uh, and so it's not a big deal and you know there's never speaking of egos early there's no you know there's no egos on the no, I can imagine, yeah. room for that um and that that's super important and then, but on the other hand, it is a big deal because you are still, to the minute ago, putting yourself at sea, uh, at risk, don't you go and save someone's life. So, uh, yeah, it's something I'm really proud of. And, um, you know, it's, I'm, just, you know, I'm you know, really proud to be part of the crew and part of um, that sort of spirit of the RNLI, I suppose. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's really fascinating that how many, you know, the fact that 5,000 people are, are, are volunteering for it. Where... Where do you think that that spirit comes from? Do you think it's just that kind of local vibe of we all kind of help? I mean, I, I grew up in a small coastal town in Scotland, uh, yeah. in, the Highland, in the Highlands of Scotland. So I, I, I kind of know I, I don't there's no lifeboat station at, uh, in there where I grew up. There is a bit further along the coast in Lossiemouth, I think. But um, 
but yeah, I, I kind of understand. But where do you think that kind of volunteer spirit comes from? Is it, do you think it's like a British seafaring thing? Or Yeah, probably. Is. I mean, if you look at the history of the Iron Line, how it started, and I think you know, 200 years ago, and there's, you know, I can't remember all the details now, but, you know, there was there was a lot of, you know, seafaring going on around our waters. We're not a nation, quite a small one at that. And we obviously had quite a strong seafaring heritage. Um, and, you know, it was the main transport means around the coast. Uh, with quite a treacherous coast, with quite um, you know, you know, big storms and stuff like that, uh, and I think there was they started to realizing how many people were being lost at sea, and so they started um, a lifeboat institution. And uh, you know, there is this sort of like unwritten law of the sea. You know, when you're like, you like know, you get a mayday in a boat, wherever mm. you are, you go over and help, you just yeah. mayday. You go and help that help that person who's in trouble. So there is this sort of um this this kind of camaraderie i suppose and sort of community or um ethic that exists uh with with the sea and that's kind of been you know been you know put into the rli um and it was all done with volunteers it was it was men it was women especially in the war and stuff when there's no men around yeah there's some really amazing stories so there's definitely a romance to it, and that's the spirit of the, you know, the fact that it's yeah. volunteering. Uh, there's probably not many too many charities or like that. I mean, I'm sure there's like you know, mountain rescue, similar sort of things. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, I just think it's, um, yeah, to answer the question, it probably, it probably goes way back. Yeah. Um, and there's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just an amazing thing that uh, still exists, exists today, and, and does perform like a really, a really good sort of service. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, c- comparing it to the um, to the kind of armed forces and then obviously over the last few years, there's been a real light shone on kind of mental health and, and you know, PTSD almost um, for the armed forces. I mean, it, is that something that that happens in, you know, the RNLI? Obviously, you've said, you know, a few rescues can get hairy and I'm, I'm not asking for war stories or anything like that. But it's more like, do it, it do? Is there any kind of service like that? I mean, or, you know, after a particularly uh hairy incident you know is there a point where you go right let's all go and we, we need to sit down and talk about this or how how is yeah. that kind of how is that kind of dealt with yeah it's a great question i mean so um really you know i, I think probably as the kind of the awareness of the importance of you know probably because in the old days it's the whole stiff british sudden lip and they come in and you get on with it and it's like you know whatever yeah. and you, you know then it, it just kind of probably comes back bigger and worse later on yeah. Um, as a, a thing that you, is on your mind, so you know, dealing with stuff um, after it happens in a in a kind of open and uh, supportive manner is, is 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 really important. And I think you know we have you know we've had chats when there are casualties or you haven't found casualties or you know, and it's um, yeah, it's tough actually. And I think there's definitely you know there 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 is sort of people can talk to it you and lie about it um and you know if there if there is a shout that's particularly um you know um grueling on you know mental health for whatever reason um then there's definitely an increased awareness of the importance of uh discussing it and a, a support network um around crew crew men and women to to talk about it yeah absolutely i mean is it yeah it's interesting what you said at the start there of you know the it, it kind of comes across as a very much stiff upper lip British organization. Do you know what I mean? You mm. know, a bit like, 
what the you know the army used to be and stuff and it's all volunteers and it's like oh, we'll do it, you know so I guess it can be easy to or you know it, it probably definitely was like that but um obviously you know there's been huge huge strides made so that's yeah that's interesting to to know because I mean I, well I I mean not to compare myself whatsoever but I spent many years working abroad teaching windsurfing and you know working in a rescue boat and you know I've rescued people from a jet ski and on the south yeah. coast on the south coast as well and stuff and Nothing too hairy, but you 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 know you can easily get a bit shaken up, can't you? You know, once the adrenaline can, yeah, yeah. adrenaline yeah. calms down, and you suddenly your hands are like, oh, and you're like, I need a can of coke or something to, you know, or a glass of whiskey, or I don't know, you know, to it, it can kind of shake you a little bit, can't it? Yeah, it does. It can do, um, and it's often you know because you kind of get get the boat back on station and you sort of wash down, and suddenly you know that kind of. As you said, after adrenaline stops subsides, and it's that sort of that realization of the situation you're just in, and you know, every, you know, not everyone, but quite a lot of the crew have got. I mean, everyone's got families, but quite right. a lot of the crew are our parents, or you know, um, you know, have got have got families, you know, their dads and mums and stuff like that. So that's you know, there's and there's the, the saving lives at sea thing. Is, if you haven't watched it, it's really good actually. That's that's fairly accurate of what it's actually like to be on the crew. Yeah. Um, and you get the camera from the boat. It's really kind of obviously a real, real sort of um, kind of representation of, of, of what happens when you go on a shout. But they did one a few weeks ago when it was really sort of focused on the, on the families and stuff like that. And that's kind of, that, that's also, you know, this is a, the support network of volunteer families to be okay that a shout could go at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning in, in a winter's night and you just go off and, you know, the family are left there wondering, you know, they pre is going through their mind, are they going to come back? So that's, yeah. kind of, there's also that side, which is, is not often talked about actually, but it's, uh, so it's bigger than just the volunteers. I'm sure Shore Crew, you've got all the fundraisers, you've got the whole, um, you, know, the, the, you know, obviously the, the people in the spotlight are the, the crew, but uh, there's a whole support network around them that make the whole thing possible. Yeah, and, and are willing Willing to make a sacrifice as well, I suppose, you know. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah, because it's impinges on family time, you, know, you have to get training. You know, it's, it's it's a big undertaking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Tom, I know you're a, I know you're a busy man. I know you've got to you've got to get going in a minute. No, um, no, it's cool, it's great. Really good to chat to you, Sandy. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, it's an absolute absolute pleasure, as I said. Um, it's yeah, it's such a it's such an interesting thing. You know, as I said, I've got a couple of friends, one in Wales and one based out of Portsmouth. Um, that do it and stuff and I haven't really had a chance to talk to them but obviously they're, they're fairly green I think so it's very interesting to talk to a um, yeah someone someone like yourself who's been who's been doing it for so long yeah no so I'm, I'm just really you know I said it's like there's there's, an, there's a lot of people like me that do it around the coast but it's it's a great that that spirit and that ethos still exists and it's something I'm really proud to proud to to do yeah absolutely um, well Tom yeah thank you very much for uh, for coming on uh, that's been super interesting um, listeners, um, hope you've enjoyed that. Um, make sure that you uh, give Finisterre a follow. As I said, they've just released um, a new collection in collaboration with the RNLI. Um, so it's a good way to, to support the RNLI. Raising money as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, raising money for them. Um, and yeah, check out everything else Finisterre do because they're, they're doing good bits for the planet. But I mean, that, that's a whole other conversation in itself, Tom, that we'll have another day. <laughs> Yeah, um, no problems at all. But yeah, cool. All right, guys. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Uh, please give me a bit of support there. It's all very much appreciated. Um, and yeah, we will see you guys for the next one.